Welcome to Superstars After Dark. <laughs> the sultry bass tones of Nathaniel Arnold. Yeah, it's a little rough tonight. I don't know if I'm in my best voice, but I'm in my best spirits right now because mm-hmm. here we are. It is Saturday morning. Superstars. Da, da, da. Insert theme song here. first time in a long time we've recorded two weeks in a row what the hell i know it's like we're on a schedule again we're gonna, we're gonna have a runway it's <laughs> a runway again i hope so i think i'm actually good for next wednesday too oh could it be well i am dom and i am fan and here we are celebrating our midlife crisis by watching early 90s syndicated professional wrestling yeah. we are sequestered in the shoebox arena yet again <laughs> Yes, we are. Once again, we are at the Worcester Memorial Auditorium in Worcester, Mass. This is our third week there. This is the June 5th, 1993 edition of WWF Superstars Wrestling, which was recorded on May 4th, 1993. So a full month behind. Yes. I think next week we'll be in a new place and then the King of the Ring will happen and we'll have two dead weeks from the new place before we catch up with real time. That's why I wasn't sure because, you know, normally... Uh, it's the the you get the go home show and then you maybe get a show or two after the pay per view mm-hmm. yeah. that was recorded before the pay per view. So really, you know, nothing's going on on those shows nothing's except for what the commentary is doing. Which is why we should have pivoted to Raw, but we didn't. <laughs> We're in this horrible time warp of superstars. The Icapro banner, as big as the Titantron, is filling my screen right now. And we don't have a point-counterpoint. We don't have a credit sequence. We don't have three on the green. We mm. open with Papa Kama, the good godfather. Oh, yeah. On the 4x4 television Titantron. Yes. Saying, beware, Bret Hart. We're back to our feud from 12 (laughs) months ago. Hey, remember me? Yeah. (laughs) When you don't have the title, I show up. Yes. When you need somebody to kick the shit out of, I am here at your doorstep. That's right. Welcome back to the lower mid card, Bret. I'm a voodoo master. You are entering the dark world of Papa Shango. And guess what? You're going to come into the light real quick. Yeah, what's he talking about? He's got he's got like a, a barrel burning and a picture of Bret Hart. He's got his glossy and he's going to throw it into the fire. I think he's trying to get a little bit of the heel Undertaker vibes. And that's just not coming across the same way as Undertaker was. And of course, you know, Bret, on the other hand, is like completely, you know, whatever. I I am not buying any of your shit, just like I didn't 12 months ago. No, we get a really good close up on the Papa Shango graphic logo. I never noticed that the smoking cigarettes kind of skull produces the S in Shango. Oh, it's a smoky S. Shango is, is smoke. 
Hey, it's the finer details, Dom. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, we have 10 pounds of gimmick in a five pound bag. We got the cape. We got the new glowing eye, smoking skull, top hat, the staff. Oh, yeah. Well, I noticed the staff this time around because that, that comes into play in this yeah, we, in this match. He teases it. He certainly uses it. Small kids terrified. Oh, of course. Lots of shots of the three-year-olds going, ooh, the scary skull man. We get Brett coming out and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's got a deeper pink set of tights on. I was going to say he's the magenta and white attack tonight. Yeah. It's not like the, the full on, you know, neon pink that we have come to known him as. No, it's, it's very purpley magenta. He's in the outfit that I think he wore when he defeated Piper at WrestleMania. WrestleMania eight. Eight. Yeah. That would have been eight when he's in double pink. But yeah, th- even this pink looks darker than that. He does have his leather jacket with the upper lip. So he's not in my favorite band uniform version, but there he is. There is a girl who I, I would have put, money was going to get his glasses because she is dressed just like Bret Hart. You got to freeze it at two minutes and eight seconds. All right. Two minutes and eight seconds. She's got his glossy with the belt. She is wearing a um, pink halter top with her with her boobs falling out of it and a camera. Why? Hello there, ladies. (laughs) Hello there and hello there. I'm like, Bret's got to give her the glasses. Oh, come on. Now it's it always goes to the kid. He's got to play to the kids in the crowd. She gets his room key. Did you see him? (laughs) I wonder where he put it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you get the glasses and you I'll see later. Yes. Here's a phone number. Here's my room key. (laughs) That's right. Very nice. Good, good, good looking for Brett there. Yeah, she's got the she's got the glossy going and everything. Two minutes, 20 seconds in when he gives the glasses to the little girl. What is the over under about the uh, father's hair? That can't be real. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's like Lego hair. Yeah, that that is Lego hair. And it goes with the stash. It's, it's, It's incredible. That's that's a wonderful quaff. It's, it's, right there it's unbelievable i will i will give him credit for that I will, I'm, I'm gonna bet money that he does not have that hair anymore <laughs> i don't think he had it then <laughs> so here's my thing this is 93 yeah did the 70s never leave this area <laughs> well we are in worcester mass you know i don't know if that's that's a time warp type area it's new uh, england but- like yeah. we're not we're not in like Harlan County. Like what's going on? <laughs> like why is it the seventies in the audience? This is pre-internet, so people weren't aware that the future was upon us <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like we're never leaving the seventies. No, no, we we are going to stick to the eighties and the seventies, and that's the way we like it. We have a real match. Yes, we do. So you get Papa Shango right off the bat. We got name versus name, Papa Shango versus Brett. Brett Hart, I should say. They don't put the hitman in his lower third. No. It was just Brett Hart. But it's on his ass. But this was a fairly decent match. There was a couple of missed spots, I thought, in it. Shango caught Brett in a pretty decent sidewalk slam off the bat. I thought that one looked pretty good. Knocks him down with a head. But there were some good things there. There's a, a good bit of back and forth in this. There was one spot, though, where it looked like Shango was going for some type of backbreaker, but he hits him in the wrong spot. I think it's supposed to hit you like in the small of the back. And it looked like it just like hit him. I don't know if it was the top or, or below that, but he just kind of fell off his knee. <laughs> and that looked a little bit awkward. Brett does this thing when he's fighting like a bigger dude where he has a series of moves and then he just slows it down. Or he's like, okay, mm-hmm. now you're just going to put me in a 
holds. You're going to bite me a bit. You're going to put me in the corner. And then when you got your win back, you let me know yeah. and we'll do a bunch of fast stuff again. Yeah. There was a good long section of just a rest hold right in the middle of the ring where Shango has him like in a chin lock or something yeah. like that. That's where it goes to like commercial and comes back. And I don't know how long they were in that, but that was a good long bit. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't know the stamina of these guys. When I looked it up, it was a six minute and 43 second match. Yes. Could I last for six minutes and 43 seconds? I don't know. Let's ask Tina. <laughs> Get her in here. Yeah. That should be. <laughs> she mean like in total? Yeah. We added yeah. it all together? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all like 25 yes. years of marriage? Yeah. I don't think it lasted that long. It just seems like. That's a short amount of time for a rest hold, but I know nothing about wrestling besides just watching it. So, you know, maybe they needed it, you know, after three minutes, like, and, and they're, you know, as I'm looking, it's not like it's, it's a fast paced three minutes and then mm-hmm. rest hold. There's like, you know, like they're walking, you know, up to each other slow. The the whole Papa Shango idea is a little bit of more slow and methodical and not fast and, you know, moving so it baffles me for that amount of time why you would need a wrestle like i can totally see a 10 minute match 15 minute match you know matches go like 17 20 minutes sometimes even more nowadays where you you might need a rest hold here and there but it just seems like a, a little bit much for a seven minute match yeah i just saw what you were talking about five minutes 48 seconds in you get the backbreaker but it hits his hip yeah yeah. yeah, and he just kind of falls off the side. There was that move, and then a little bit later, Brett goes for a drop kick, and I don't think the communication was there mm-hmm. between it because it was the most awkward drop I've ever seen. <laughs> Here's something that doesn't make sense in the match. Papa Shango has the advantage. He's had him in a long rest hold. He's backbreakered his hip. Brett is mm-hmm. down. Like he has just been beaten up. No sign of life. Mm-hmm. Then Shango gets the staff to whack him with. Yeah. Like, why? You're winning. You're doing fine. Because he's a heel, Dom. That's what heels do. They always have to cheat. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Yeah, but he's got, he's got to get disqualified with the stick. And Heavenly's like, no, you can't use the stick. What you're going to do is you're going to get him in the sharpshooter and I'm going to ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vince is going to come running down to the side of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and Brett's like, what the frig? What's always happened? <laughs> it's deja vu, but before it happens. What it's, is that called? Pre-ja vu. Pre-ja vu. <laughs> pre-ja vu. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this rest hold right now, and it's like they've been in it for like a good minute of this match. So you take a 643, so 543 match. Yeah. With with a minute rest hold. I don't know. Now, Brett doesn't hook up. He fakes him out. Mm-hmm. He's been beaten down. This is the part I didn't buy. He's actually been beaten down the entire middle of the match. Yeah. And then he springs up to life like a jack in the box and starts executing his moves of doom on Papa Shango. And Vince is like, there, he was playing possum. I'm like, yes. no, he was getting his ass kicked the entire match. Yeah. What, why is he suddenly spry? Why is he able to mount this comeback? Because yeah. it makes it sound like he was faking it the whole time, but he was really getting beat up the whole time. It wasn't like he was feigning a knee injury or something like that. He just suddenly gets better. Yeah. Well, that speaks to Brett's resilience. 
yes. as Vince likes to put in this co- in his commentary. <laughs> and I keep thinking to myself, there's underlying motives there to speaking to Brett's resilience. You had to go through the shit of WrestleMania 9 and you're still going. You have not left the company. So thank you for your resilience, Brett. So we have a, uh, a phony kick out of a finisher. Papashango mm-hmm. gets his finisher on Brett, which is the shoulder breaker. The shoulder breaker, correct. And then he starts going for the Hogan leg drop for reasons beyond comprehension. I mean, it gets real ridiculous when people trying to bite your style. You know what I'm saying? And Brett's once again, pops back up like a jack in the box. Yeah. For the sharpshooter. Yeah, he jumps right into the sharpshooter and turns him over for the submission at the end. There it was. It's the weirdest drop kick I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, it wasn't like a, a side like drop kick. He like Brett like goes up and just it's almost like a bicycle kick that he hits him with. <laughs> like that uh, dude from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what he was trying to emulate, but he landed like on the back of his head because he realized that it like gravity actually has to take place. So it was a pretty weird couple of moments in that one. We've got a girl in the crowd at the very end with a flower. I'm frozen on her. Nine minutes, yeah. 21 seconds in. Girl with no shot trying to give him a flower. <laughs> well, I was like, where, where, where'd you get the flower from? Like, did you bring the flower she brought in? It saying, to, yeah. I bought this flower at the 7-Eleven down uh, uh, the street. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Brett and he's going to sweep me up yeah. and take me away. The whole thing. Like, I'm going to give him the flower and he's going to leave his wife. Yes. And we're going to be together forever. She had the whole thing figured out in her mind, which is quite sad. Conquering all 16 bits is the Steiner brothers playing the new (laughs) WWF Royal Rumble video game. Yes. I tried to pause it and see if I could notice all of the wrestlers on there that are not part of the uh, the, the Federation, the Federation anymore. Because <laughs> in there, you've got Flair. I noticed Flair. Flair's, I noticed okay. at least one Beverly brother is in right. there. At least I think it's a Beverly brother because he had the purple on. But we got two guys in purple. Yeah. So that would be the Beverly brothers. Yeah. But one has brown hair. There's never a brown haired Beverly brother. Maybe, you know, with 16 bit, that was how they distinguished them. One saying crush. Is that supposed to be savage? Oh, wait. Maybe it is savage. Yeah, that's not a Beverly brother. That's a crush. That's a crush. And that's got to be savage. But they have the identical boots on. And you've got The Undertaker. You've got Yoko. Tatanka and Sean. Sean Michaels. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were the Beverly brothers. I thought the one, the blonde hair was the Beverly brothers, but I guess that's supposed to be crush. It's crush and macho that oh, have yeah. identical bodies, just different yeah. hair colors. Yeah. Do you think the computer players were terrified when the Steiners showed up to play them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're just happy that the Steiners are probably not in that game yeah. because they had joined the Federation way too recently. Yeah, like Wreck-It Ralph World is like, holy shit. <laughs> Here they come. <laughs> oh, no. They put the Steiners as downloadable content. I don't want to go into this Frankensteiner. Alpha with the upside down pineapple shows up. Oh, yeah. We got the head shrinkers coming down with Alpha, and he's got to have some type of food or weird thing. The pineapple doesn't seem that weird to me compared to some of the other things he's brought down to the ring. But they are facing Tim McNeeny, who uh, is a Boston uh, wrestler. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't have a lot on him. I did say he had an in-ring experience of 32 years. Wow. These I just edited the last show. We had like yeah. three dudes who had like three decade careers that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. 
Well, this is, he was trained by Killer Kowalski. Oh, so, this is the dude know. from last time. Okay, this is it the guy who got trained. Yeah, okay. well, I don't know if this is the dude from last time, but he was another Killer Kowalski trainee. Maybe that's where they're getting them. He had the nickname of The Graduate, which it doesn't sound like a very wrestler name. And his signature move was called the, and I'm trying to get this, say if I say this correctly, the Cruciate Excruciator. Hmm. I, I don't know what that means, but it's a kind of it's a weird name for a signature move. But that's what I got on him. And he is with Scotty Too Hottie. Right. A very young Scotty Too Hottie, Scott Taylor. Yeah, we've seen Scott Taylor many times. Yeah, a few oh. times. It has. It's been a while since he's been on it as an enhancement. But uh, yeah, we have seen him before. So they just called Kowalski and said, send us some dudes. Yeah, basically. That's probably what happened. Because we had a guy from Kowalski's school last week, but it wasn't this dude. No, I don't know if he was like based up in Boston or not. But yeah, this guy was from Boston. So wouldn't it be wild if we saw Triple H? That's true. Like as a red tight from Kowalski's school in one of these episodes? That would be cool. I wonder if we, you know, I don't know if he was ever in WWF as an enhancement. I don't know either. Yeah. But we're not too far off of him being terrorizing. Yeah. Over in WCW is around this time. Yeah. 10 minutes, 53 seconds in, Rikishi is going to get him to lose their G rating on Saturday mornings <laughs> here. Uh-oh. This shouldn't be broadcast. 10 minutes, 53. 53. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, he's loving that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's licking yeah. the pole. Licking the pole. All right, Rikishi. Yeah. Yeah. Take that to task. I think this is the most brutal food item they've ever brought to the ring. Oh, yes. I did notice that. Well, you know, at first it seemed like a prop until it became a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Alpha has a pineapple in his mouth. There's nothing soft about a pineapple. No, they are quite hard. Like he has the prickly leaves in his mouth right now. I'm like, that's got to be like tearing his face up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he starts biting the rind of the pineapple on the side. Yeah. And then later they just like start killing the red tights with it. Well, we got a, a little bit of a match here. I thought Scotty Too Hottie looks really good as an enhancement talent here. He takes a move from not Rikishi where he gets thrown against the ropes and then grabs Scotty's hair and like kind of whips him across and smashes mm-hmm. his face down and made him look really, really good. Holy shit. We have two thirds of too cool. Yeah. Yes, we do. We have Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati. In the ring right now, we've got two-thirds of too cool. How about that? And the King's here, so Brian Christopher might be, like, in the back. Yeah, he should be. Somewhere in the back. Hey, got a spot for my son? (laughs) God, that'd be wild if it was Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor versus the Head Shrinkers. We would have had too cool in the ring. That would be amazing. That would be. Instead, these guys just take a mugging. Yeah, they get hurt pretty hard. You know, we talk about how the Steiners like beat up on guys. These guys took it pretty hard from the head shrinkers. And then when the match is over, they do their signature jump off the top rope off of somebody. They basically take the pineapple and they smash it across Scott Taylor's face. Yeah. Which breaks it in half. And then they go after McNeeny with it. And there's one spot where they're like, hitting McNeeny with this pineapple and you just see him look up at one of the head trickers like what are you doing to this hurts <laughs> yeah even the ref Tim White's like don't hit him in the face with the pineapple the yeah. pineapple is like the razor blade yeah it definitely looked like it hurt it's really brutal yeah I was watching this thing it's like bring back the turkey or the fish <laughs> you can slap me around with a fish i don't care but this pineapple freaking hurts dude like the latest hardcore match is gonna yeah. be like we've had exploding tubes we've had glass we've had fire this match 
is a pineapple match. A pineapple match. You know what? I'd be all about it. I just want to see the ring adorned with pineapples everywhere. And they bring out big wooden wheelbarrows <laughs> with just filled with pineapples, have one in each corner. Dark side of the ring. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was the most brutal match in ECW history. It was the <laughs> pineapple match. Motherfuckers just bled. <laughs> Three people died. Yeah. <laughs> it was never done uh, again. Death by pineapple. It's the most brutal thing I've ever seen. It's like, love it. I would not want to be hit by a pineapple. No, not at all. Though, especially the way they just nailed them. Oh, man. Off the WWFU, it's face to face to face. We've got face to face with Gene. We're going to see him a few times tonight because we are on the road to King of the Ring, ladies and gentlemen. And never have I seen more touting of the same exact thing over and over again beaten into my head as i have during this episode mm -hmm. of superstars and this is the first because we're going to get only on pay-per-view of course we're going to see hogan versus yoko ono crush versus brett michaels um <laughs> and of course the tournament that's coming up and then he touts the various parts of the tournament who's going against each other in the tournament and then we get a couple of face-to-faces with gene our first one is from hacksaw jim duggan who is facing bam bam in the first round of the king of the ring tournament yes could the king of the ring have any less heat for all of its matches it kind of sucks I don't know if it was the horrible buildup or just the shoddiness of how the card was put together. No one's fighting anybody that they have a, a story with. Yeah. Because Hacksaw, if he has any story, has been subbing for Hulk. So Hacksaw has more of a legit claim to fight Yokozuna than Hogan, who wins the belt and fucks off to Hollywood and you never see him. Yeah. So Hacksaw should be fighting Yoko. Crush has nothing to do with Shawn Michaels. No. He should be fighting Doink. Yeah, I said he should have like a return match against <laughs> Doink, but that seems to be gone by the wayside. Shawn should be fighting either Perfect, Perfect. or Janetti getting his belt back. None of yes. that's happening. Tatanka is fighting Lex Luger for reasons beyond comprehension because he should be fighting Bam Bam, who scalped him. Yes. I don't even remember who Narcissus the Narcissus should be fighting. Narcissus would... Brett. Maybe Brett, yeah. Yeah, because he uh, he attacked him at WrestleMania. The, nothing has been said about that. Razor is fighting Brett instead of the one two three kid Yes. Nobody's fighting anybody that they have a story with, so... Yeah, that's, that's weird. Like, now that I think about it, all of these guys have, like, legit feuds with somebody, and they're not fighting them. Right. That's that's a very strange King of the Ring. Well, hey. What I should have done for face-to-face -face is a shower curtain count, because that's the only dressing that they have. They spent a fortune, and by a fortune, I mean $23 <laughs> on Luna Fashan's set. Remember, she had the chains and shit and the dog oh, collar yeah. crap all around there. I'm like, wow, they're really like dressing up these interviews with like really character-specific backgrounds. And then for the last four weeks, nothing but shower curtains. Yeah. We got Razor Ramon behind a green shower curtain. Yep, Hacksaw's got like a grayish sort of bronze shower curtain behind him. Yeah, they're like, yeah. we got this new place. It's called Bed Bath and Beyond. Have you seen this <laughs> shit? It's enormous. It's like a Toys R Us filled with towels. And we got so many shower curtains. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Good. We got sets for for days. We're going we're gonna to put seven up next to each other. It'll be like we're in seven different locations. Mm -hmm. Razor Ramon saying Nutter Center. 
Yes. It's just <laughs> worth, worth, worth the episode. It's worth watching. Yeah, I this love list. this. He's like, he's like, where are we going to be again? He's like, we're at the Nutter Center. Yes, I love it because he's another loser. Another has been. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. His chains are getting to uh, Mr. T level. You call yourself a fighter? Prove it not. Yeah, I feel, has he added some? I'm not sure. They're very wide. Yeah. Well, we finally get like an actual face-to-face on this because that's kind of what I felt like this whole thing was supposed to be. It doesn't seem like it's been that way for the past couple of weeks, but while we're doing the interview with Razor Ramon, Gene has a surprise for him. Woo, surprise. And calls in Brett, who just gets roasted again. Yeah, man, they didn't <laughs> learn the first time. Brett, not good on the stick against somebody else. Yeah, Brett's just like, I got to get out my catchphrases as much <laughs> as possible. And Razor's just like, whatever, dude. Razor, Razor just keeps saying, Prove it. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> yeah. He's got the ooh with the twirly fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brett is behind a silvery, speckled, glittery shower yeah. curtain. I wonder if they just like did these interviews in their shower. <laughs> turn around, turn the, uh, turn the water on, and we're good to go. Everybody's soaked already. I mean, they're all wet. Yeah, that must be it. Brett just gets his ass handed to him in, in the interview. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he's a good wrestler. He just cannot do a promo not yet no well, it's like he's got his things he wants to say without improvising at all every wrestler feels like they also have to have the last word mm-hmm. so it's like oh yeah yeah oh we'll see <laughs> yes we will okay yeah like, it's, like, it's like it's like watching italians try to leave a party <laughs> yeah or you hang up. No, no, you hang no, you, up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. It's like us at the end of each Zoom call. That's right. Was, yeah, we cut that out of the show, but it's, it's me and fan saying, no, 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 you press no, the you hang button. Up. No, you leave the meeting. You first. Yeah, All like, right, let's do it. Let's do it at the same time. Everybody count. One, yeah, two. Oh, you didn't do it. I knew you wouldn't do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's it's real awkward, folks. We don't put that in for you. We, <laughs> we save that. Uh, well, we are out of there. We have the video package, the 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 thing that they've been showing for three straight weeks, which is the movie trailer version. Yeah, mostly focusing around the Hogan Yoko non feud, whatever you want to call it. It's really not a feud. Yes, this is probably one of the worst built matches in Hogan's career. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't there to build it. <laughs> it's like it was all just promos. There was no story there besides what happened at WrestleMania because he hasn't been in town. So I don't know. We move on and here's something new. Kamala knows how to get down to the ring all by himself. Yes, they make a big deal out of that Slick is gone because, like you said, Slick's last appearance was the last time we saw Kamala. Yeah. And his last appearance, period. So Vince has to explain that Slick has moved on. He is now a reverend or a deacon. Yes, he has gone back to being a pastor at the Mount Ephraim Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Sure. If that was his original vocation, I'm not sure. The doctor of style was a pastor (laughs) at the the Baptist church. Oh, goodness. 
Uh, He is facing Phil Apollo, who's a retired American professional wrestler, competed in the North American independent wrestling promotions, including including the ICW International Championship Wrestling and World Class Championship Wrestling, WCCW, during the 80s. He was in a tag team known as the Dynamic Duo, winning the ICW Heavyweight Championship. Kamala wrestles, which I was not real crazy about. Yeah, I don't think this gimmick really works unless he has somebody in his corner trying to tell him what to do. No, they have the ref doing it. Like he does the thing where he pins the guy wrong. Yes. And the ref's like, no, you're wrong. And then Kamala Mm -hmm. goes back to beating up poor Mr. Apollo here. Tim White, by the way, is like, ref almost every match i saw they used earl hevner uh, earl hevner they used earl for the brett match but i remember saying like tim white all over this episode 19 minutes 51 seconds in kamala has apollo in the titty twister i hate that yeah the king is trying to convince everybody that the reason you don't see slick anymore is kamala ate him yes and savage <laughs> screws up by trying to come back at him and says that is a rumor that you can't deny i guess it's the era of the 900 number because they're pushing during this match that they have a new number that you can call and get inside information unlike the other numbers i don't know what other numbers would have been out there it was yeah wcw I, I was, actually I, I was what is the insider information that they're they want us to uh to know so i've called I, these things once or twice back in the day yeah. Nothing. There was you never yeah. learned anything. <laughs> no. It says he says he was hosted hosted by Jim Ross. So is Jim Ross just like sitting back there just by make, phone? Just making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the the whole uh call the king of the ring hotline thing. Hosted by Jim Ross. Kamala suddenly has become one of the best wrestlers in the company. <laughs> yeah, he's he's all over the place with wrestling moves, and there's there's nobody telling him what to do. No. He's you like, know, I knew how to wrestle the whole time. What were you trying to think? <laughs> I'm a wrestler. I'm a well-educated Ugandan, except I can't figure out how to pin somebody. Yeah. Everything else he does quite well, except for the pinning. <laughs> yes, this is where he's trying to get like real audience participation. And it, I don't know if it works, but they do a mm. lot of B-roll cuts with everybody doing the turn him over, turn him over. And then he begins to understand. And then when he gets him, he's like, I did it right. Yeah, and Tim holds his hand up, and he's got this big smile, and he very, very tentatively shakes these little kids' hands. Why is he scared of these little kids? He just beat the shit out of this grown man. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to be like this wild animal, but when it comes to like these little kids in the audience, he's very, very scared of them. He like barely puts his hand out to meet with the crowd. But this is this is face Kamala shaking hands of little kids. Yeah, I, I feel like we've lost the focus of this gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's way and out. It, it's become more of a, you know, a comedy gimmick. He's become like a bushwhacker. Yes. Is what he is I, at this point. I'd say that. What they should have done is had him come out of the ring. The little kids are there to greet him. He grabs a spear, skewers <laughs> about three of them like a shish kebab, and starts eating them back on the way to the yes. ring. Puts a little fire in the middle of the ring. Yeah, Papa Shango <laughs> just lights them up and they just... <laughs> I mean, yeah, Papa Shango with the fire. You got this guy with a spear and you got head shrinkers. They could have just, like, dined on small children the entire night. Yeah, he's shaking hands with kids. He's going down the, the aisle. I don't think the gimmick is long for this world. No, he's almost out, right? We don't have much yeah. more time with... I think, we're, I think he's going to be done 
some point during the summer. Oh, so we will be done with Kamala. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, but, uh, I, as much as we love Kamala, I'm, I'm kind of done with Kamala too. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun at the beginning, mm-hmm. but it's lost its luster. Well, direct from the junior prom is Sean Waltman, the one, two, three kid. Hi, Mr. Pisano. (laughs) (laughs) Why they dropped the Stridex sponsorship (laughs) before they got Sean Waltman is beyond me. Yeah, he should have had that. He's wearing his lucky Monday Night Raw shirt, and they are referring to him as the one, two, three kid. Yes. In this, that was his lower third. So Mm -hmm. uh, he's got his name. He's got his gimmick going. And this was a segment that was shown on Raw, yet again, showing us that nothing that happens on Superstars is worth a damn. Yes. So we are... Seeing this from Raw, where he declines the $5,000 offer that was given to him from Razor Ramon for a beating in the middle of the ring. One thing I found out about this is that when he was doing these tapings, he's actually not even in the country. No? Did they send him this bronze uh, shower curtain in the mail? They must have, because he was working for NJPW over in Japan at this point, doing a NJPW Top of the Super Juniors tournament. Hey, hey, Sean, we don't mind. You know, you finish your dates, that's fine. Whenever you're back, you're back. I mean, we're taping like a month in the past anyway one thing we got to ask do they have shower curtains <laughs> as long as they have shower curtains we can do these promos for weeks yeah. just keep on saying you're not gonna take the money i've, now, I've got a shimmery blanket uh, all right <laughs> fine <laughs> Can you see the cameraman in it? No. All right. We'll use it. Sean's backstory is confusing to me. Last time he had a family to support. Mm -hmm. This time he's living with his grandparents. I kind of believe both stories. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I wouldn't put it past him to have a... uh... I think it's all a little bit more than the nuclear family, Doc. I think it's it's I think it's all right. It's like uh, <laughs> I got a family support, and we all live with grandma. It's amazing how different the one, two, three kid looks from Six Pac. Oh yeah, he's got like a very very young face in these first episodes. I think that the beard and the longer hair once that all came in that really uh, helped him out a lot. Well, shining upon us with lens flares like a J.J. Abrams movie, <laughs> we have narcissist to narcissist. Coming down with the guy we've seen before. We've seen this. This is our resident Oscar trophy. Yeah. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Jason Knight, completely oiled up. He's very bronze and very oily. He's done some work with the, the WWF in 1992 and 1993 as an enhancement talent. He made his first appearance on July 4th of 1992. So we saw him when he lost to uh, the model Rick Martel. So he was actually mm. playing yeah. uh, a face there too. And he would go on to lose several singles matches and tag team competition through July and August against Ric Flair, the Nasty Boys, the Mountie, Skinner, the Beverly Brothers, and the Berserkers. So he did a lot of stuff in the summer of 92. His last appearance is going to be in 93, losing to Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, I wonder if it's the same show. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I'd I'd love to know more about the red tights, like what their deal was. Because it seems like some toured around with them. Like you'd always see Dwayne Gill, no matter where we were. This guy popped up last year so is it just when they're in town like hey next time we're in 
Massachusetts or Connecticut, come on down and we'll use you? Or <laughs> what was the red tight thing? Was there some guys who were on tour? I think some of them did the did the tour with them and other ones were just, you know, guys coming in to maybe do a tryout that were in town or just, you know, hey, we're coming to town. We need a couple of guys to be enhancements. Send us your best. I, I would imagine that's the that's the the gimmick jason here was also a member of uh, ecw where he was the future just jason sexiest man alive oh yeah i'm not jason sensation no i don't know if it, maybe it was jason sensation it just says jason in my in the notes that i found okay yeah i'll have to look on some of the older because i started watching some of the older ecw stuff mm -hmm. uh even before it became like extreme championship wrestling yeah, it when it was eastern. just eastern so he might be part of that as well i love early 90s syndicated professional wrestling because the production values were so low like oh, we're, yeah. we're talking about the shower curtains all night but this mirror it had to just be backstage or like at a grandmother's flea market. <laughs> this mirror they have Lex looking at is just really lame. It's terrible. It's yeah, like <laughs> I, I said they went for a budget mirror this time because some of the mirrors they've had in the past were like these big girthy things. Yeah, full on <laughs> props. And this thing is just a yeah. mirror. They're like, where's Lex's mirror? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> we left it back at the, the Titan Towers. Like, God, Head to the dollar store. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> See what the, you can come up with. Get the five below and get find something. <laughs> we got this flea market one. Would that be all right? Yeah. Uh, I like this gimmick, though. Danny Davis, the ref, tries to take the mirror away. And yeah. uh, Narcissus is like, no, no, no. No, keep it here. I, I got Hold on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm done. You can take it. And now I'm done. Now you can take it. Yes. <laughs> I did notice that. You can see him mouth the words. He's like, now I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done looking at me. Yeah. It's the battle of the oily guys. They get some shots on Lex. Lex uh, takes some hits. He, he takes some bumps. They get, yeah. He, there was a, there was a back and forth at the very beginning of this that allowed Jason Knight to uh, show a little bit of his skill where he does like a leg takedown. And Luger gets up. He's just like, what the hell are you? What the hell yeah, is wait. this guy doing? <laughs> he looks at the crowd. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this, are we giving him a tryout? He's <laughs> like, he's like, time out. He goes over to ref. He's like, am I wrestling this guy? <laughs> I'm not just supposed to hit him with my, my forearm. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? He's drop kicking me like four times. Well, we're going to see Luger in the King of the Ring tournament against Tatanka in the first round, who is still being touted as undefeated. So we'll see where that one takes him. Lawler on the stick is guaranteeing that Luger will defeat Tatanka in the first round of the tournament. This is the first time I've heard them talk about covering his arm. Because Macho mm -hmm. keeps on saying, you know, we should put a pad on that thing. He's knocking people out left and right. If you're going to use the elbow, you can't use the elbow until you use the elbow. Because there's mm -hmm. two or three times where he hits the guy with his elbow, which isn't when he goes and runs and clotheslines the guy at the elbow and knocks him out. Like, yeah. he doesn't go for the knockout. But I'm confused because he's hitting him with his bionic elbow, but it's not the knockout punch, not the finisher elbow. Yeah, it's it's apparently it doesn't hit him in the same spot. So yeah. he knows exactly where that metal plate is, Dom. I guess. What you're not seeing is when he goes to hit him, he's actually twisting his arm a little bit to hit him with the soft part, just to kind of like soften him up before he hits him with the hard part of his arm. Just storytelling wise, don't use the elbow until you're going to use the elbow. Because <laughs> every time he uses the elbow, I'm like, why didn't that knock him out? Why didn't yeah. this one knock him out? His elbow is indestructible. Why is he not knocked out? And then he hits him with the elbow and knocks him out. I'm like, why did that one <laughs> knock him out? And the other ones didn't. So yeah, I like how Lex is surprised. Like he goes and knocks him out with the elbow. And, he's, and Lex is like, I don't know what happened. 
The guy guy just died. He spontaneously died. Fatality. (laughs) Yes, as Savage puts it, it's the worst kept secret. Yeah, well, it's not even a secret. Everybody knows. They showed the (laughs) X-ray. That's why it's the worst kept secret. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no HIPAA law at all in the WWF. They're like, yeah, look at this motherfucker's (laughs) X-ray. It seems you have a metal plate in your arm. You're like, dude, that's confidential. What are you doing? (laughs) You have my medical records on screen. I can sue you. Well, it's not easy being green because the macho man in the greenest of outfits is at an elementary school telling kids not to do drugs. And considering that this is some type of private school because all the kids are wearing uniforms that are of the deepest, darkest colors. Mm -hmm. He just comes across as like this giant floating mass of algae down the hallway. It's like a green filter. Everything's been greened. You see yeah. a shot of the chalkboard and what the kids are doing. This is a class that looks four dash three. So I guess that's grade four. The third yeah. section is PS three eighty four K. They're diagramming a sentence showing that even in nineteen ninety three, kids were learning shit they'd never use. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They've gets... got all the lines off there. Yep. Oh, we will never do that. You'll no. never use that, children. Well, we're back in the ring, uh, and here comes We the Ones. We the Ones! Uh, <laughs> I with, love Mr. Hughes. With with Whippleman coming down the aisle, Whippleman is now the manager of Mr. Hughes, as we found out last week, and he is going to kill Mr. Ross Greenberg, who we have seen before as an enhancement talent as well. Started wrestling in 1991 as a WWF face. He's used a lot as a jobber throughout the next few years. During late 1991, Greenberg worked two matches at the same night in where both Ted DiBiase and Jake the Snake Roberts easily squashed him. After this, he disappeared from the WWF. Oh. But that was 91. Yeah, here's 93. He reappeared. He returned to the WWF after a six-month hiatus where he drew a match against the Retriever. Who is the Retriever? I don't know. Is it like somebody that dressed up like a dog? I was going to say. Like our turtles? The Golden Boy. Yes. He was featured in tag team matches during the following years, primarily in singles matches. His first and last victory came in mid-1993, where he defeated fellow jobber La Gore at a WWF TV taping. So he's going to get one win under his belt. It might be at this show. It's mid-93 right now. It's June 93. Well, he's not going to win this match. 28 minutes, 23 seconds in, we have a lot of white people uncomfortably booing Mr. Hughes. (laughs) They seem really, really outraged that Mr. Hughes is in the room. I do not like this large black man. He scares me. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I think there's booing and then there's like one step away from a hood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why is that guy burning across? Yeah. This dude really has strong opinions about Mr. Hughes. Uh, but we the ones. Mr. Hughes is such a badass. Oh, yeah. I do love Mr. Hughes. I love how he keeps the sunglasses on. There's a spot in this where he just picks up Ross Greenberg and he double breaks him and then just throws him to the ground. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's the opening seconds of the thing. I think he just hits Greenberg and and he just dies. (laughs) After that, it was all weekend in Bernie's, ladies and gentlemen. It was. like The the red tight goes down like that horse in Blazing Saddles. 
<laughs> There's a spot here where he must have like uppercut him or something, and it looks like he actually like broke his neck. 29 <laughs> minutes, 11 seconds in, the greatest punch in the history of Red Titans. Yes. Huge, I think, just really hits him. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. I love Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes is just the Mr. best. Mr. Hughes is my new favorite. Where is Mr. Hughes? Mr. Hughes, is he an is or is he, he a is an is. Okay. He is an he is. is. An is. Awesome. He's, he is not a was. And I'll double uh, check that because I looked up Curtis Hughes last time and he is an is. Uh, I am so glad he's still an is. Bring back the is. Bring back the Hughes. You yeah. should be part of the bloodline. You should be, yeah, point. or the Hurt Locker or just like yeah. a is. Still an is, Mr. Hughes. Yeah, yeah Mr. Hughes. There's a picture of him in 2001 on his oh, Wikipedia. No. He lost a ton of weight. Oh, wow. Why wasn't he with the Godfather as like <laughs> the Velvet Rope dude? Yeah. It made sense when they had him with IRS and Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Team suspenders. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't even uh. need to see him wrestle. He just needs to look cool all the time. <laughs> That is not hard for Mr. No. Hughes. He's got a good sidewalk slam. He's like new boss man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, tell me there was a boss man Hughes match. That would have been badass. It's, it's got to be. Well, we squash out Greenberg, and from there, we get the Mannheim steamroller music hitting <laughs> for our King of the Ring report with Gene Okerlund and his school bus tie. Some kid gave him that tie and said, you have to wear this on TV. Yes. We get a horrible Hogan promo. We're not sure what he's talking about, although he does call Yokozuna a 555 pounds of sushi. Yeah, I wonder if they're really up in his weight because he's been 505 up to this point. Last time we saw him, we said he looked bigger and he looked winded. He wasn't as fast. He wasn't doing his drop kicks or anything like that anymore. This is a little better than the last one where Jimmy Hart didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I wouldn't say he did too much better on this one because <laughs> he just let Hogan do the talking and then Hogan says that he's gonna like sick jimmy on him and then jimmy just sits there and acts like a pit bull like, while hogan's <laughs> holding him back and i'm like i'm not really that intimidated by jimmy hart at this point yokozuna promo fuji getting his uh accent back a little bit here and there i noticed like at at the very beginning of it he had the accent back but then he started to drop it again towards the end like i felt like he was more easily understandable towards the end of this promo where he's saying that they're going to bring the belt back to japan they're going to they're put it on a shrine in japan but yeah i felt like he dropped a little bit of it towards the end you think Yoko's like, I've never been to Japan. I'm Samoan. <laughs> it's like, shh. Yeah. Yush. Yeah. Yush. That's all I'm going to do. Yush. I would love to hear like Yoko just talk normal. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. I want to hear something a little bit more than Yush. We'll have uh, English speaking Yoko eventually. All right. We get the the full bracket. So here's the rundown. We'll save you the deal with listening to each and every one of these promos. But we got Bret Hart versus Razor. Mm -hmm. Perfect versus Hughes. Hacksaw versus Bam Bam. Okay. And then Tatanka versus Narcissus the Narcissist. And that is the bracket. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches that are just going to be all king of the ring matches yes wow plus plus sean and crush plus sean's so eight the too many dicks it's too many dicks on the dance floor yeah <laughs> Tag team uh, match. yeah they, yeah too many dicks on the dance floor so that's nine and then hogan versus yoko is ten ten so there's going to be have to be either i'm going to say there's going to be either some disqualification matches where there becomes like a buy or some very quick like almost squash-esque matches during that 
I, I don't remember this at all. And yeah. I know we even looked it up, but I'm thinking the one that's going to be the buy is Tatanka versus Narcissus. Cause I don't think yeah. they're going to hand Tatanka a loss. Yeah. So Bam Bam is probably going to get a buy right into the finals. Okay. And Brett's got to fit Ramon, then Perfect, and then in. I think that's how it goes. Is it Ramon and Perfect? It's not Hughes? I, I think it's got, no, I think Hughes is going to lose to Perfect. Okay. Even though Hughes, right. Hughes Brett, I'm like, I, I'd like to see that, but I don't think so. I think they're going to do Brett Perfect. I don't know if they would do. Good guy, uh, good guy. Perfect. For, yeah, good guy, good guy. That's yeah. why I was thinking Hughes. You might be but, right. No, but, that, I mean, that, that could make sense. They can do good guy, good guy. 8 Eastern, call your local cable company. Gene, it's not working. <laughs> God damn it. I've done this so many times. I can't go through this again, fan. Every Come single on, guy, every time they do a pay-per-view, I just, on, just, just, just call the number. I told the number. I called it three weeks early. I double-checked. It's on the bill, and they Stop. still won't say that it's not on. Are it's you not sure on. <laughs> Who are you going to get at Sunday at 8 o'clock to answer the phone? <laughs> Nobody. I love your PTSD on this. It's, it's awful. Great. Oh, God damn it. Uh, when they're yeah. like, hey, you know what? We're, we might be leaving money on the table by giving away these premium live events. Now mm. that Endeavor has brought the WWF, they may do what the AEW is doing and team up with a streaming partner where you have to order it. I'm like, it again. I can't do <laughs> this anymore. No. I like my premium live events. Like I like paying my $5 a month. So yes. I don't have to worry about it. Yes. I'm not, I'm not going back. You can't go back. Yeah. Please uh, don't. <laughs> Are we in a different spot? There's no way that this looks like the same arena for this match. For the next match? For the, the next match. Smoking Guns the one? Smo- oh, no, it is. They just did a wide yeah, shot. Yeah, they're still, they're still killing people in, in uh, Worcester, Mass. Yes, the Young Riders. Uh, Thursday. Pack of season killers on their heels. They're gonna be on us any minute. There's no way out. Following Mission Impossible. Yes, the the. I'm going to Ooh, Zoom thought that was too musical. It just canceled you out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I was too on pitch. You're too on pitch. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they don't auto tune you. They just delete you. <laughs> don't worry. I'll overdub it with John Bon Jovi. <laughs> well, there's a drop. We'll just put that yes, in. There it is. Um, yes. Yeah, smoking guns come out and they're going to face uh, another couple of red tights that we have seen before. Dale Wolf and Gus Cantankerous. Cantankerous. <laughs> I don't know if it's Cantaracus, or, but I just like saying Cantankerous. I love it. The guns have realized that they're wearing too much clothes, but if they take it off slowly, they get quite the crowd response from, from oh, yes. the ladies. There is, the uh, ladies love them. It is high tide. Clean uh, up on aisle three, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Looks like clean up on aisle four. After the guns kill a few audience members before the opening bell, they take off all their clothes and put them at the end of the ring and Lawler jokes about rodeos in there. Yeah, I mean, Lawler was so off that Vince is like, are you awake? Hello? <laughs> and Lawler's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. This must have been their eighth hour of trying to do the commentary because Lawler just kind of flakes out. Always be closing. Always be closing. The entire first row has ice cream bars. Oh yeah. I want one of those ice cream bars. I, they gotta, they gotta bring those back. Yes got to have like the old old wrestlers on it too somebody's got to still sell those i really think 
when the guns fire off into the arena, they should have just like dropped people off the balcony. (laughs) (laughs) Although the balcony in this place is like eight feet tall. Like it is not a very high ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Owen Hart needed this arena. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> oh God, <laughs> would have been fine. Oh, oh yeah, he would have bounced. <laughs> yeah, he would have landed on his feet. Like, yes. not a problem. Look, I really can fly, everybody. Superhero landing. Yeah. Oof. Oh wait, I've calculated this. I did some math. Uh oh. Because this is a smoking guns match. I think we really do need to use some CGI and put Butterbean in the front row of every bar gun match. <laughs> there are 2,168 days left of Bark Gun's life. In 2,168 days, oh. Bark Gun will be killed by Butterbean at oh, WrestleMania no. 15. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, Bart. The end is near for Bart. I was just looking at my WrestleMania 15 program mm-hmm. today because i have it in my desk at school there you go that's where he dies <laughs> bark gun countdown yeah 2168 yeah. oof yes time's a ticking bart time's a ticking skinny daddy ass is fighting a very hairy man daddy ass versus gus cantankerous here for the end of this i thought this was interesting they went for their finisher after the double russian leg sweep which i always like but the last time they did this, where he like flips him over and like a backdrop to the other guy, the last time it went into a power bomb. This time, Bart almost kills him <laughs> yes. by dropping back into a pile driver on I his head. Could not believe it when I saw it. Yeah. Because <laughs> first of all, when they do the Russian leg sweep, they're like, whoa, they're, they're biting the, the hunt trickers shit. Over here, we got some perpetrators. Yeah. And Savage is like, no, no. The head trickers go the other way. They go forward. These guys go backwards. It's totally fine. And Bret Hart does it solo. So we got three (laughs) different Russian leg sweeps. They throw the guy into Bart who does a pile driver in mid. Like he catches him into a pile driver. So Uh, I don't know if this is, if if it was planned for him to do that. Like he just couldn't get him up into the, the power bomb. And he just was like, oh, well, I guess I'll do a pile driver. But if that is what their finisher has become first of all i like it a lot more yeah two thumbs up because it looks way more devastating but secondly i said that's gonna take some massive skill because you don't have a lot of time once he flips he gets flipped over onto you to make sure that he's in just the right spot yeah is your head high enough it better be yeah exactly (laughs) that's crazy i could not believe that move i'm like holy shit yeah, that was much better than the old one. So I hope they stick with that one. Todd, would you like to see these guys face the Beverly Brothers in like a real match? Oh, yeah. Not definitely. like the Beverly Brother matches we got when they actually faced a real person where they just played chicken shits and didn't yeah. do any of their moves. That would have been awesome if they both got their finishers. Like they head spike oh. the guy and then they pile drive a guy. We missed it, Thanos. Yeah, both of them just tried to kill each other. Oh, that would have been awesome. Beverly Brothers yeah. versus the, the Gun Brothers. Yes, None of Bring them are it brothers. It's 93, so Cactus Jack is a thing, just not here. Sure. Billy Gunn's starting to do the guns in the air with the bang bang, and Savage even mentions it. Do you think they stole it from Cactus? I don't know. I, I think it's just it's a completely different gimmick. If they had a character that was somewhat along the same lines, because he like Cactus did it more as like I'm a crazy person, like bang bang type thing, yeah, and less of a I'm a cowboy bang bang. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Cactus Jack was never like yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know if they stole it necessarily. It was just 
you know, you're cowboys, you're going to shoot guns. I think that's where they, they were going with that. In the new face-to-face, we have Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. Delivering the exact same face-to-face <laughs> as he did last time. He, too, yes. has uh, the one, two, three kids golden shower curtain. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's over there with him <laughs> in Japan. Yes, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. Is facing Mr. Hughes, uh, the Battle of the Misters. Mr. Mister. Yes, it's the Mr. Mister. Take these broken wings. Take these broken wings. Yes. Uh, and learn to fly again. Learn well, to live so free. It's all connected. <laughs> Mr. Mister. Broken wings. Shipped eagle belt. Whoa. Think about it. It's all it's a conspiracy, conspiracy, man. It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> I love it. He's saying he will be ready uh, and he will be truly perfect. Fabulous. We got uh, a real face-to-face with a purple iridescent shower curtain and Bret Hart's starry shower curtain. Crush versus Shawn Michaels. Shawn takes immediate offense of being called the former Intercontinental Champion. Yes. He's told to spit out his gum. <laughs> <laughs> like a little child that he is. Yes. Yes. Speaking of conspiracies, it's all a conspiracy against Sean. Yes. They're trying to take away his thunder. But he's on his way back up. And Crush is apparently the first one that's going to go down in that. Sean mentions something that we did not see. Mr. Perfect throwing him through a windshield. When did that happen? I don't know. That must have been maybe that was a raw thing. Or I don't even know if they like did that. They threw through Genetti through a barbershop barber yeah barbershop they didn't do that so, at wrestlemania when he was backstage at his garage no. like, so i was like when did that happen that's the only thing that he mentions the the things that have happened to him i'm like mm. I, don't, I don't remember saying that but apparently he went perfect through him through a windshield oh okay so i have to look that one up i have not seen that but uh, sure if he said he did yeah <laughs> Well, with that, uh, the episode is over. Did you like the episode, Dan? Um, there wasn't really a lot in this. I liked the first opening match between Shango and Brett. That was a nice way to kick off the episode. But really, I think we're we're just kind of heading down the, the long road of what was left in Worcester, Mass., as far as the tapings getting us to King of the Ring. It, it doesn't seem like, you know, we call them go-home shows, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't seem like they really had go-home shows at that point. It was just whatever they could throw <laughs> on the TV to fill an hour until they get to the next pay-per-view. Yeah, like the tapings don't have any relationship to anything else. No. I, I'm wondering if we're going to lose the face-to-faces, or at least some of them, when we don't have a pay-per-view to promote and we'll go back to like seeing the national promos like the the touring promos do you think there's a tour going on between i know there is but i wonder if they're gonna promote a tour between king of the ring and SummerSlam, or if they'll immediately start plugging SummerSlam. i'm gonna bet Mm -hmm. that they're gonna go back to some of these feuds that we talked about that they should be doing for king of the ring they got a good two months yeah but we're a month away from good lex yeah. Because the 4th of July was the slam on the ship. Okay. And here it is, the 5th of June. So in less than 30 days, we're going to have... All-American Lex? Yeah. We should have good guy Lex. We should have good guy Razor coming up. We should have bad guy Crush. And we should start seeing people get scared and start jumping from the company to WCW. Mm-hmm. First one out, we got Hulk. This is it. Yeah. We're, we're going to be done with Hulk after this, so thank goodness. 
Mm-hmm. We don't have any more hyperbole promos. We should lose uh, Okerlin. Uh, I don't know when we lose Bobby the Brain, but yeah. uh, a little bit after that. So we should have we should start people like uh, scurrying from the imminent destruction that the federal government's going to lay upon the WWF. That doesn't happen because I want Vince's lawyer. This is why, <laughs> you know, like Vince, he's like so many affairs and this hush money to all these women. What is Linda still doing married to the guy? They've been separated for years. Linda knows. Yeah. There's no way you're going to beat Vince's lawyer. Nope. <laughs> like, no. Jerry McDivitt would own everything of, of Linda McMahon's. <laughs> yeah. Easily. Uh, but tune in next week, Stan. Okay. We're going to go home with Money, Inc., okay i'll take that uh, it's like the most tag teams we've seen in like forever we saw the guns we saw the head shrinkers we got money yeah. ink coming up do we see a, another pair of anybody no that was it today um not, we got the undertaker the steiner brothers steiners kind of. yeah the, yeah, but n- yeah not on this show yeah uh, but they were playing a video game <laughs> yes yes the killing under- somebody somewhere right <laughs> uh takers in the house yeah, Steiners will be here next week. So we got the okay. little Papa Pump and and the dog. Yes. Small Papa Pump. A special interview with a Uh-oh. man who can't speak English at all. <laughs> Yokozuna. He's just going to say Yush a lot in, yeah. in several different inflections. Why don't we just say it's an interview with Fuji? <laughs> yeah, uh, at this point. Razor Ramon is still trying to get the one, two, three kid in the ring. Yeah, that'll be coming. So we'll see where that's going. I'm going to offer you a life-changing 5,600. Ooh, life-changing. Yes, plus one of my gold chains. And then here's something interesting. We don't have an after credit sequence like we got last time where Razor is like handing out more money. We Mm. get a previously on this episode. (laughs) In case you missed the beginning of the episode. You get Brett putting poor Papa Kama, the good godfather, is sharpshooter. So is this the beginning of the, the climb back to the top for Brett? Well, a lot of people said that the King of the Ring was Brett's consolation prize. Yeah. For yeah. losing. And this was a way to give him give the former champion something before they built him back up for WrestleMania. Gotcha. But they still were thinking, you know, Hogan, we need an American poster boy hero. So yeah. Before they start going back to Brett, they're like, let's try Lex. Yeah. And I was convinced that Lex was gonna win the title at SummerSlam. I was totally bought into that where oh they mm-hmm. hold them up they're not going to have yoko champion all year they have him until when but, when does yoko lose the title he keeps it all the way to wrestlemania 10 oh does he yeah all right okay you know what time it is it's uh sayonara undertaker time oh sayonara undertaker and Shawn michaels has left the building 